What's up, y'all? This is Shelby with Stories with Shelby on another episode where we bring on a special guest to share a story from his or her life. Because you know what? Life is simply way too short to live a great story or live through a great experience and not come back and share that experience uh, with the rest of us. So this afternoon, I have on a very special guest uh, calling in, Zooming, video conferencing in, in this world of COVID-19. A good friend of mine from good old stomping grounds of Lancaster Bible College. I have Rebecca on the line. Rebecca, would you say hey to everybody? Hi, everyone. I'm Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Hey, Rebecca. Super, super glad to have you on. I was was, uh, telling Rebecca just before we started recording that I feel like it's been forever. Um, But you got to love those kind of friends in your life where you can pick up, you know, months later and you pick up right back where you left off. Um, So I'm excited to have Rebecca here and uh, to get her to share a little bit of her heart with us um, and for you listeners to be able to hear a little bit from her. Uh, So without further ado, in Stories with Shelby fashion, to kind of introduce you to Rebecca, we have to ask her a random question. And uh, today, Rebecca, your random question is, uh, what's one thing that you haven't done yet uh, that you'd like to do? Hmm. Well, I have a list of things that I'd like to do sometime in the future, and I'd say one of those things I'd like to do is visit the Pacific Coast. I've never seen the Pacific Ocean, and so that's been on my list for many years of someplace I'd like to go, something I'd like to see, and it's kind of, um, I don't know if ironic is the right word, but I'm going to be moving to an island in the Pacific Ocean sometime this fall, so nice. I will not only get to see the Pacific Coast, but I'll get to travel over it, and <laughs> I'm moving to Papua New Guinea, so um, it's the second largest island in the world, and I will finally get to see the Pacific Coast. <laughs> wow, nice. So was that was that intentional? Were those two related, or is that just coincidence you got to scratch something off your bucket list? I didn't expect to be moving to Papua New Guinea, but I did expect to move overseas somewhere, so um, I'll be going there to teach, and uh, who knows what else we'll see. Yeah, I love that. Very cool. Um, I I was telling Rebecca before the show that uh, I make goals in my life, well, bucket list type goals, if you will, uh, based on what season I'm in. Uh, So currently, my husband Nathan and I are working through the uh, before you have kids bucket list. Um, So we'll we'll see how we're doing on that. COVID-19 has made things a little challenging. uh, But uh, last year for my birthday, we went on a helicopter ride. So that was uh, one of the things on my bucket list that we got to do. (laughs) That's great. Uh, So, anywho, I mean, I could talk about bucket lists all day because I love them. Uh, But getting into the real reason why I asked you uh, to come on the show this afternoon, um, I want to turn it over to Rebecca to share a little bit of her story and uh, what's going on in her life right now, where she's going, um, and kind of leading up, how did she get there? Uh, So I want to turn the mic over to you, Rebecca. Sure, thanks. So I already mentioned that I'll be moving to Papua New Guinea, but many years ago, um, God put it on my heart to serve cross-culturally. And there've been a number of ways that um, he's kind of answered that prayer of mine. It became a prayer of mine in maybe 2009 that I might be able to serve overseas in some way. And there's been several different opportunities for me to do that, um, whether it was through short-term trips in high school or after college, I started working for a global organization, so had a chance to work with people from all over the world. But I actually wanted to share a story today from a trip that I took in 2017 that I had to learn quite a bit of flexibility 
and also experience the peace of God. In Philippians, it talks about, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And it was very interesting because I had a moment where I was able to experience that peace that passes understanding. It was quite um, an interesting situation to be put in, and yet I felt so much peace, and I had to learn flexibility in a new way. And just in thinking about this story recently, um, and thinking about where I am right now in a season of waiting, where I need to be patient and flexible, and I'm seeking peace in this season just with COVID and um, waiting on visa applications to be approved. My work permit was finally approved to go to Papua New Guinea, so that is so exciting, but um, I'm still in a season of waiting. And so I was thinking back on this story that I'd like to share today uh, and just remembering how God really does bring peace in those situations that seem really chaotic. So in 2017, right after I graduated college, I had an opportunity to go back to Kenya a second time. I had been there in high school, but I was just going back with uh, two, uh, three other people actually, and we were going to visit. It wasn't a missions trip like it was the first time. We were just going to visit some good relationships, um, you know, some good people that we had strong relationships with. And so it was really neat to go back um, and just visit. I spent uh, almost three weeks there. The older couple and one other girl about my age and I went, and it was really cool too because I had been overseas several times. I had lived in Mexico for five months and had been on some other short-term trips, so it was really cool to be able to go with someone else who had never been out of the country, but it was also quite a learning experience for her. We um, spent those almost three weeks just bucket showering, very uh, little running water, Sometimes no electricity, sometimes there were rats in our room. It was just quite um, quite an experience that uh, I wouldn't say I was totally prepared for, but I was a little bit more prepared than my traveling companion. So it was definitely some weeks of learning flexibility, but it actually was the trip home that we really needed to um, rely on the Lord for, for peace and just asking him what we were supposed to do. So... We were leaving Kenya on a Wednesday night, and we were supposed to fly overnight back to New York. Uh, we should have been back about 7 a.m. Um, on Thursday morning with the time difference. You know, we kind of lose time when you're flying back um, back this way. So it shouldn't have been a long trip or anything, but you can never totally count on travel to go the way that you expect. So I think we probably should have expected something <laughs> to go funny because that day was the first day it had rained in our entire time there. It was the dry season. The dry season was coming to an end and it finally rained. So that was a good thing. It was a good thing for the crops that were growing and many people needed water. So it was a good thing that it was raining, but it wasn't just, you know, drizzling here and there. It was downpouring to the point of hailing and Kenya doesn't get a lot of hail. They're on the equator. Um, so it was kind of unexpected that this was happening right as we were getting ready to leave. We're kind of laughing like, oh, Kenya doesn't want us to leave. That kind of like, wouldn't it be funny if we got stuck here kind of thing? But uh, we were able to get through the rain. We were driving to the airport. Then on the way there, the back bumper of the van we were in fell off in the middle of traffic. <laughs> the guys had to get out, and I don't even know how they secured it back in place. Uh, I don't know if it was duct tape or what, but 
Um, we got to the airport all right. We were thankful to finally get there. We got through the rain. We got through the car um, breaking in the middle of the road, but we had no idea what we were in for. We cleared customs and everything. We got to our gate on time. Everything was good. We boarded the plane right on time, and then we um, we sat on the plane. So if you haven't been on a plane before, it takes sometimes maybe even up to an hour just to taxi on the runway, just waiting for all the planes to take off, especially if it's a smaller airport and there's a lot of planes coming in and out. So we're taxiing, just kind of moving around. I started up a conversation with the guy next to me. It was really interesting. He he had been a farmer for something like 50 years in Zimbabwe. He was from uh, Amsterdam, from the Netherlands, where we were flying to for our layover. And so it was really interesting getting to know him. And he, he had warned me that, you know, um, that he might fall asleep. And if I fell asleep, it was okay if I fell asleep on him. He wouldn't wake me up. <laughs> kind of an odd conversation but I was like okay well this man's friendly he's like 70 years old he's lived in Zimbabwe 50 years like this is pretty cool um and we continued to taxi and you know it's supposed to maybe take 45 minutes or an hour but it's going on two hours and everyone's kind of getting a little restless like taking off and we were actually on the plane for several hours and they had told us that, you know, they discovered um, something was wrong with the wing of the plane. And so they were going to, um, yeah, they were going to try to have a mechanic check it out and see what was going on. So we kind of knew something was up, but we just had to stay on the plane. And so it was several hours, but they finally made an announcement um, that we were going to have to get off of the plane and go back to the airport. And then we would get some sort of instructions on what was next. So this was another unexpected, um, yeah. you know, this day, by this time it's after midnight. Uh, we were supposed to have already started flying, but this time we would have already missed our connecting flight going from Amsterdam to New York. And so it was a little unsettling. We were back in the airport. There was um, a lot of angry people. There, were, there was a man just walking back and forth shouting about the injustice of it all. There were babies crying. It was chaotic. The middle of the night, the news reporters were actually there and they were interviewing people and <laughs> wanted to know what happened because this sort of stuff doesn't happen every day. Like a plane is broken, can't take off. Um, so we're really thankful, of course, that they discovered what was broken before we left, but they also told us that we weren't going to be able to fly out until the next night. So we're, you know, trapped in this little room in the airport and finally they let us know that they were going to send us to a hotel for the night since it was going to be a full 24 hours before the next plane would be able to come and take us. So um, we ended up leaving the airport and we're just waiting with our luggage. We had to get our luggage back and everything. So we're just waiting and outside all lined up in the middle of the night, just waiting in line. We had no idea what we were waiting for, but we hoped that we were going to be sent to a hotel. And um, we're just waiting really. And the people I was traveling with were definitely starting to get impatient. And for some reason, I had just such a peace and even joy in this situation. So I was really grateful for this kind of joy that I had. And the older couple I was traveling with, uh, the man kept saying that I'm just like Pollyanna. And I didn't <laughs> know like what he was talking about. I had no idea who Pollyanna was, but eventually someone explained to me that it was a movie reference and whatever. But um, anyway, I was just happy because I honestly didn't really want to leave Kenya. And I was like, well, like this is an experience. <laughs> 
experience like this before. Um, so I was perfectly fine, except that I had a big, um, you know, suitcase on my back. And so I was getting a little tired of holding that. Besides that, everything was fine. Finally, after more shouting and more um, people just trying to figure out what's going on, we got on buses and we waited and waited and the buses aren't going anywhere. So we, we finally did get to a hotel that, that evening, I think it was, or I guess the next morning. Yeah, this was the middle of the night. So the next morning we got to a hotel, the people I was traveling with kind of just wanted to sleep, but um, I didn't want to waste my last day in <laughs> So someone we knew had come to the airport and she actually took me out shopping in Nairobi. I had never been in the capital city because we had been outside of the city. So she took me shopping. She took me all over. It was great. I got so many souvenirs, things to take home to people. Um, she knew the best places to go. So I had a great time. Everyone else <laughs> left since we had been up most of the night. Um, but again, it was almost this supernatural sense of just peace and joy that I can't really explain. And it's really actually encouraging to think back to this time because I'm trying to have that same peace and joy right now in a waiting time when I don't really know what's next. And I, I know what's next, but I don't know when I'm going to be able to move overseas with the restrictions that are there right now. Anyway, the story does go on and it does get worse, unfortunately. No way. <laughs> so we went back to the airport. No problems that time. You know, we were known as the people who had the broken plane. And so everyone, you know, they let us go through and really kind to us. And we got on the next plane. Um, no problem. I actually, uh, I don't know when I must have slept. There was a family behind us. It was a mom and two little boys. The one was maybe like four and the other one was an infant and the infant had screamed all night. Like he was the one in the airport who just wouldn't stop crying. But her other son slept the night before. And then on the plane, the mom just wanted to sleep with the little infant who had finally stopped screaming. But the little boy who was maybe four years old just kept running up and down the aisles. And I had an extra seat next to me. So I was like, you know, would he like to sit with me? And so I played tic-tac-toe with him and watched on the sheep probably like eight times in a row. Um, and I just tried to keep him from pressing the, the button where it calls the flight attendant because he kept pressing it and they kept coming. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I got to entertain a four-year-old for most of that plane ride, which was probably eight to 10 hours. So that was fun. Um, he actually did go back with his mom and I, I was able to sleep. But when we arrived, you know, back to Amsterdam, where we were supposed to have a connecting flight the day before that we had clearly missed, it was then a lot of waiting on lines and running to the next place because we were told, you know, if you go stand on this line, you might get a flight faster because we had to wait and, and talk to everyone and tell the same story and explain that we needed a flight to New York and go through this whole thing. So I can't tell you how many times we did this. And it's always like, wait, and then run, and then wait and run. And it's, um, it's actually really similar to what I feel like I'm walking through right now. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Then I get the paperwork approved and I have to kind of run to the next step and I have to get all, you know, the, the next paperwork filled out. And so it's really interesting to think of those parallels to what I'm living through right now compared to just this one story. But um, I know that uh, in the midst of it all, God is still there and he is still providing that peace that passes understanding. But I have to continue to pray and take my requests and my thanksgiving to him. Mm. So I'll go on with my story to let you know how it turns out. But um, 
just thinking about all that is really cool right now to to just make those make those connections. So I'm trying to stop and make those connections along the way. <laughs> uh, so we continued to go through the airport. We actually met a security guard who we explained our situation and he brought us through so many closed doors that I don't know if we were supposed to go through or not, but he was sympathetic to our story. He got us online at the right place. He told us what we needed to do. And so we got to the right place and they, um, they were not able to get a flight that day for us, but they said that they could get one the next day. So they provided another hotel for us to go to. And that one was really cool because it, there were no hotels in the city of Amsterdam that, um, that the airport had connections to that had empty rooms. It was the first day of vacation there. And so everyone was traveling, all the hotels were booked. So we had to go someplace like 25 minutes out, but it was near the beach, which was really cool. I'd actually never been to Europe before except for connecting flights. So it was really cool to get out of the airport finally. And uh, we, me and my traveling companion walked a few miles to the beach just to see it. It was freezing cold in the middle of July. If you've never been to the Netherlands, I did not expect that it was going to be frigid in the middle of July, but it was. Um, I also forgot to mention my baggage situation. So when we had checked our bags, we didn't really see them again uh, since we had been in Kenya. And so, you know, like a good prepared um, Girl Scout that I was growing up, I had an extra pair of like everything, clothes, everything. Um, but I did not expect to need multiple extra pairs of everything that I had. So my extra clothes um, didn't exactly last me as long as I thought they might. Ended up having to buy some clothes in the airport in Amsterdam, which um, I now have a great t-shirt uh, that says greetings from Amsterdam and a number of other things. But um, I was not really prepared for the frigid temperatures since I had come from Kenya. <laughs> It was really cold. It was really great to see the to see the ocean, to see the Atlantic from that side of the world. And I was just thankful, you know, for a place to sleep. We didn't have to stay in the airport. A number of people couldn't get a hotel anywhere, so they had to stay in the airport. And so there was definitely provision there. I, I know that the people I was traveling with really um, made that happen. You know, they knew our the crazy story. They knew the conditions we had lived in the past three weeks, and they were like, we have to get a bed somewhere. So that was really kind of them to um, help us make that happen too. The next morning, we went back to the airport. We had an afternoon flight scheduled, and it was it was pretty crazy just trying to figure out what was happening with our bags. We learned that on this airline, we couldn't travel without our bags. Our luggage was considered lost. So when we found that out, um, the older couple I was traveling with was like, Rebecca, run. And so I <laughs> ran to the other side of the airport terminal and waited online and baggage, a missing baggage claim so that we'd be able to travel without our bags. We finally got on the plane that afternoon and you're not going to believe this, but we sat, this is a different airline, different, you know, totally different airline, different day. It was actually, I think, even going to a different airport. You know, there's a few airports in New York, so we were switching. And we sat on that plane for six hours, <gasps> and then they made an announcement that part of the plane had broken. Now, what? <laughs> one of those things that you can't make up. Most people do not have such crazy stories when it comes to flight delays, but... 
different airline, totally different plane, everything, and we had a second broken plane. Wow. <laughs> now, while we were on those pla the plane for those six hours just waiting, I had fallen asleep. I had totally exhausted myself by this point, so I had no idea how long it was. And so we got, you know, marched off that plane six hours. We actually probably could have been back in New York by that point. By this point, it's late again. Um, I think it's Saturday night. By this point, we had been trying to leave Kenya on a Wednesday night, and we were supposed to get to the U.S. on a Thursday morning. So by this point, Saturday night, uh, I was supposed to move that weekend. I was moving apartments. Oh, you actually helped me, Shelby. You helped me move after I graduate, graduated college. I had my furniture stored somewhere, so I needed to go pick up that furniture, move it to the new place when I got back from Kenya, and, and I also had a new job that I was uh, going back to on Monday. So I was starting to get a little anxious, like, okay, I'm trying to be flexible, I'm trying to stay positive for the sake of my traveling companions, but it's getting hard. And so it was really starting to become more of a, a trust thing, like, okay, Lord, I'm traveling with someone who's really angry, I really don't want her to go to jail, and I don't want to end up on <laughs> So please, Lord, like, help her to calm down. <laughs> um, anyway, so we were back in the airport waiting on more lines, and they were able to get us a different hotel. They found one right in the capital, right near the airport, which was great. So we stayed there only about five hours that night because the flight the next morning was, was pretty early. And as we were getting on the plane, and I actually, I found my boarding passes here. I have five passes because oh many planes we were supposed to be on <laughs> different airlines different, Jeez, um, wow. different types of boarding passes here but as we got on the plane finally Sunday morning and we had a good feeling about this we're like nothing else could possibly go wrong we have hit every yeah. door that we you know needed to hit with lost baggage and everything oh. as we got on the plane they gave us these little goodie bags that um, they had these little cards that said, Sorry, we sincerely apologize for what happened and the inconvenience you experienced. You are very important to us. As a small token of our appreciation, we would like to offer you this typical Dutch gift. And so <laughs> they gave us a, a giant goodie bag full of cheese and um, waffles, stroopies, sometimes you hear them called. Uh, this mug that I showed you earlier, it is from Amsterdam. This lovely goodie bag. I don't know if it exactly repaid for having to work. <laughs> Four and a half days to get back from Kenya, yeah. but it was very kind of the airline to do that. And we finally got home, and my parents airport drove me straight from New York to Pennsylvania. I moved into my new apartment and went to work the next day at 8 a.m. So, my story. And it's one of those things I know you said on one of your other podcasts I was listening to that it you know, when you have a story, you want to be able to tell it, especially when something crazy happens or something great happens, whatever it is you live through, you want to be able to tell that story. And I don't think I'm ever going to forget that story because <laughs> it just made such an imprint on my life. But like I said earlier, there are some serious parts to it too. And even though it's kind of a funny story and funnier maybe for me, because I was able to see the bright side of things, I don't think it was as funny for the person who missed their family reunion and for the person whose bag was lost for like a week or two and that sort of thing. So um, I know I had a lot to be thankful for in that situation, just for the way that God provided, but also just for the spirit of peace that he gave me that I think we really needed. The four of us who were traveling together, like we really needed that peace in the midst of the chaos. 
And I feel that God really provided um, that peace and that perspective. So that's a story I wanted to share with you today. I don't know if you have any questions, if there's anything that didn't make sense in there, but thanks for letting me share. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. I, uh, wow, I'm, I'm pretty speechless. I kept thinking, as I'm sitting here listening to your story, I keep thinking, okay, this has to be the last, like, bump in the road. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> this one for sure is the last bump in the road. But no, wow, yeah, that's, that's crazy. And it just goes to show like, first of all, I'm really encouraged hearing it because it just, it just reminds you of how much your perspective changes everything. It, it perfectly shapes everything that's going on that day. I mean, it just, it, it blows my mind. Like the, the way you looked at each bump in the road, you kind of saw the opportunity in it. Well, you did not kind of saw it. You did see the opportunity. I mean, the one day you're like, I don't want to sleep. Like I'm going to go adventure <laughs> while I'm here. I mean, I love that. Like what a cool spirit. I mean, I don't know that I can endorse, Hey, don't sleep tonight. You know, go adventure <laughs> instead of sleeping. Like sleep is good. Um, but man, like, I just love that spirit. I feel like, I feel like there was a pastor recently who was saying, and I can't remember. I watched so many different sermons online. You got to love the whole virtual world. You can see yeah. <laughs> anywhere in the world you want during COVID. It's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, I was watching a sermon one day and the pastor was like, we got to stop seeing problems as problems. First of all, like interruptions can be divine. Like God can purposefully interrupt your day or interrupt your experience or interrupt your story. And like, you need to see the opportunity in that and stop looking at it as a negative thing and not to be cliche, but like, too often I'm guilty of when I'm faced with a problem, I'm like, God, take it away. Like, oh, if I was you, I'd have been like, God, please just get me on a new flight home. Like, I'm done with this. Just get me home. Please, God, just get me home safely. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really at my, you know, limit here. But instead, like, what if we flip that upside down and we're like, God, just help me to, like, see the beauty in this. Help me to take advantage of this. Help me to have fun while I'm here. You have me here for a reason. Thank you for saving me from the plane that was broken twice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, what if we had been up in the air and they discovered this? Oh, There's geez. so yeah. much, so much to be grateful for in this. And yeah. I think that perspective, it was just a gift from God. It was God's grace in those moments um, to give me that perspective because I don't know if I could have, you know, come to that on my own. <laughs> ah, oh, I love that. And like, I think it would be crazy to, to hear the perspective. I mean, obviously we, we don't have access to get this, but to hear the perspective of just some random person on the plane, like, mm -hmm. and, and I almost bet you it would be hard to tell that it was the same story. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously like, you know, a, a two bad planes and how many layovers and how many you know boarding passes later like you could probably connect the dots but just to hear how drastically different like the story played out for each yeah other. yeah and it just speaks to you know every story that is told there are so many perspectives and I think it's really great what you're doing here because you're allowing people to share those stories and those perspectives because we all have such a unique perspective on things that we've experienced and it's really a gift to be able to share. So thanks. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's, that's the goal. That's what we're here for. Um, man, I would love to dig into this more because I feel like there's just so much more that we could glean from this and, you know, apply to our everyday lives. Uh, but I think we are just about at our time limit. Um, so I will thank you again so much for sharing and so beautifully, by the way. I mean, oh my goodness, you, wow, you communicated it with such, <laughs> like, I feel like I was on the edge of my seat, like, the whole time. Um, man. Well, good. I do love to tell stories. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love to hear them. Um, and our listeners do, too. 
Um, so for everyone listening out there, thank you for tuning in and for sitting down with Rebecca and I this afternoon or morning or, or evening, whatever time of day you're listening to this. Thank you for being here with us um, because uh, Rebecca and I and all of our listeners and guests on the show, uh, we, we love stories. And I think that life is comprised of lots of little and big stories in the everyday and, and everywhere in between. As always, we will do a blog post write-up over on the website at www.storieswithshelby.com. And more importantly, if you have a story that you would like to share, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Feel free to send us a DM on any of our social media handles. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stories with Shelby. And we cannot wait to see y'all at the next story.